think about uh, one week for every week you have a limited number of fucks to give <laughs> right so you have to choose where you spend your fucks as you know i just got a fucking haircut finally uh, and it's a pain to get to fall asleep when my hair is long and so i started uh, one of the things i started doing is listening to random old speeches and conversations but i have to say the most interesting ones that i listened to were from uh, charlie munger and warren buffett from uh, berkshire hathaway i mean it's insane how knowledgeable these guys are about so many random things i mean they just read so much all the time it's ridiculous i mean there's one insane video from 1995 that charlie munger did a talk in in harvard law school about what are the 24 different biases that people have in life uh, which affect their decision making it's insane mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah that has a great visualization attached to it as well yeah and uh, just like the fact that you know these guys have been uh, doing the same thing day in and day out for the last like i don't know how many years and uh, in fact like uh, buffett has actually uh, been driving the same car uh, living in the same house that he's been living in for like i think 40 50 years now uh, going to the same mcdonald's eating burgers and uh, drinking coke and like he has to drink coke i guess and not pepsi because he owns a bunch of coke shares <laughs> uh, uh but yeah like and, and like he sits and he reads all day and uh, sometimes decides to allocate capital to a certain company and kills <laughs> it if he feels like it and that's 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 his life like that's pretty like a pretty easy life for a person who has so much wealth I mean it's wealth and experience too. I mean Charlie Munger blows my mind. He was born in 1924. We're talking about the 20s right now in 2020 and he he lived through the roaring 20s. He lived through the 30s depression. Maybe that's why that's why they have that mindset baba that you're talking about that they don't need a lot. They are, they are very sad that okay this, this is the baseline stuff that we need to have. and the rest is rest is like a game maybe you know where they, where they're trying to make the right investment decisions or look at the right companies to invest in for the shareholders yeah and uh, just like during this whole quarantine phase i've also realized that i actually don't need that much in life like i need maybe uh, a little more than buffet like i need my xbox uh, <laughs> for sure uh, then playing I fortnite power playing yeah playing i need my fortnite uh, and uh, and i also realized that that is my socializing anyways so in real life also i really don't need more than that and uh, you need like some books if you have a kindle and you enjoy reading on that you like you need that uh, xbox takes care of netflix also <laughs> it's really funny to me by the way that you're starting off with describing how simple your needs are but then like slowly the list of things that you that you have and they're very different from what you said were buffets needs right buffets needs are like a can of uh, five five cans of coke like the same house and the same car and and books like your needs yeah. uh, your needs the way you've described them so far are your xbox your kindle netflix yeah but i mean xbox yeah. covers let's say netflix or whatever yeah but it's not like i need like this like some crazy ass car or like i need uh all these Yeah, 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 like, and that's like what usually people are like, oh, like I want that, and 
you you don't need and even like i i don't have like the craziest kindle i have like the old paper white kindle simple <laughs> <laughs> i think that the def- like uh, it, the definition of simplicity seems to have evolved from yeah, yeah. time uh, yeah it it differs on pe- pe- person to person because like i like i wouldn't want to be drinking eating mcdonald's and drinking coke uh, uh but but yeah like there is uh, i think the actual requirements that we have are very less and it can differ from person to person but i mean i, I have yeah. to say i mean I, what i would think is my needs sound very similar to yours i mean xbox yes i mean partially because it, we we might have the same need with the xbox given that we play together sometimes and that's yeah. our, one of our social outlets and way of keeping in touch with friends as well while playing but books for sure i mean you know some of my college friends and i we used to have this thing where we're going to retire to this tiny like cabin wooden cabin on the hill which is like full of books and we're going to have a gym next door and a small bar and that's all we need you know just like each other for company books gym and bar is yeah, it an exactly. age thing also though because i've had these conversations of retiring with friends as well like just the, just your closest friends all together with just some of the things that you like to do and up in the hills but if i ask them whether they would want to do that right now right Uh, a lot of friends the answer is different so let me ask you do you think that you would you want to retire away into the hills with just some books and a gym right now like would you do that today i would do that today and not just some books a lot of books but yeah and i mean the two yeah, friends that i used to discuss this with at, at in college as well i mean they they are very much unchanged i mean one of them is actually doing that right now he decided to he, he used to work at amazon in seattle and he decided he's going to quit his job he moved to southeast asia just doing random stuff whatever he feels like doing working on developing random apps or whatever lifting so his criteria is hilarious by the way for choosing where in south Af- south south asia he wants to be he decides the city based on the closest gym uh, cost of living in the gym that's it that's his criteria and he's yeah, been doing that for exactly. two years yeah and that makes sense right like for him those are the things that are important and uh if he gets that then at least his life is set and most of us that's what i actually feel and what i've felt more and more during this whole quarantine phase is that like the re- actual requirements are very less uh, but we keep adding on stuff just because i can go out to a bar i will go out just because i can go for a holiday and i can take a flight just go off somewhere i will want to do that every couple of months But well, but don't not, you feel that if those things are available to you and you have the capacity and the willingness to do that right now right if you don't do those right now you might regret that let's say in so 10 you, years or in 20 years so you're talking yeah. about fomo right i mean but that's the whole point if you if you know what you want i think it goes back to how well you know yourself right because fomo i think comes from the fact that i could have been that or i could have tried that or what if i liked that but i didn't do it is that yeah, but, the assumption yeah, for, for that is oh sorry yeah. go ahead doc no i was saying that uh, uh, you're right in a certain way because like i think i've done a lot of it that i thought like i want to do this i want to do this and like i've traveled a lot i've uh, 
gone got in the education that i wanted to or i've done just like pj was saying uh, i kind of now know uh, what i want and so that makes it easier for me but till i knew what i wanted and i could remove that fomo from my life uh, maybe you're right you maybe things wouldn't have been as simple the 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 assumption in like knowing yourself really well right is that a person can actually know themselves fully and know themselves really well and i don't think that that's true secondly i think that what you want changes over time and unless you actually do things that are different and sometimes do things that you don't really want to do right you're not going to discover those new boundaries and you're not going to evolve as a person so i actually think that there is utility in adding on and making your needs more complex at least till a certain point of time then you can double down on certain things then you have more information on whether you like certain things or you don't like certain things and then you start to choose the most important things to you for yourself is this is this also a distinction between material needs versus uh, uh, you know uh, human needs almost i want to say i mean there is despite all these simple material needs i still have a strong need for self growth right i mean i still want to make sure that i'm experiencing things i mean in in this case i feel like i can experience self growth maybe also through books right of course a lot of it also comes from relationships and meeting other people and talking to other uh, people experiencing different things but i feel like there's a plateau once uh, f- there's a diminishing return from trying to trying new things every time right the first time i go bungee jumping or first time i try an adventure sport i would learn more about myself or the sport versus if i'm trying different sports different times the adrenaline rush that i get the value of that diminishes but at the same time if i'm reading about different topics or i'm focusing on different areas of thought then there's more i can learn from that without physically needing more does that make sense i think you i like i think because you narrowed down one example of sport over there you didn't re, you didn't apply in that case that makes sense but if you apply the same logic like you did with books that you experience or visit different worlds through different books let's say you visit the world of sports let's say you vis- visit the world of art let's say you visit the world of theater let's say you visit and i i don't even i virtual reality i you, you could keep on making that list that yeah. same argument that could apply to trying out lots of different things to broaden your horizons and i think in both cases there's actually a limit to what you want to do there's a reason why people go back and watch the same tv shows again and again right like why the friends like friends in the office are the most popular shows on netflix because people get the office get, by the way <laughs> the office is amazing I mean I, I don't know I, I don't I don't like the I feel like Steve Carell has a lot more important or interesting things by the way Steve Carell new show coming out called The Space Force on Netflix later this month looking forward to that based on the trailer but anyway I digress yeah no I I was I was saying that there's a reason why people go back to uh the to friends and the office which is the greatest show ever made by the way I think you need to recalibrate your uh, assessment uh, that they they get comfort out of repetitive choices right and i actually think that there's phases where people go through this so for yeah. example when i was in business school right 
And one of our favorite professors used to say this, that business school is like drinking from a fire hose every day, right? There's a lot of randomness. There's a lot of new things to discover. And at the end of those two years, as rewarding as that experience was, I was definitely exhausted of new things. I think I spent the summer on my couch doing nothing. <laughs> it was fantastic. And I needed that time just to sort of get away from things and be silent and think. I, I don't think that was because of you were exhausted. Just <laughs> <laughs> that's UD in general. Yeah, but by by the way, I have to say the the best show ever is Black Arrow. I don't know uh, about The Office, but Black Arrow is much older. Rowan Atkinson, Hugh Laurie, Stephen Fry, stellar cast. Try it out if you haven't seen it already. Okay. But uh, going back to this uh, this point about growth, I mean, I agree with you that yes, there are different avenues that you sh- should try, right? I mean, I think I reached this stage where I know what I want. Like for example. How do I know that I want a gym because I like weightlifting? I mean, I've played a lot of sports. I've played tennis competitively. I've played, you know, uh, badminton. I've done swimming, horse riding, golf. I've done a lot of sports. And then I know that weightlifting is what I find the best. I mean, it's the most meditative or whatever the other reasons might be. Uh, so I, I kind of agree with you. So it's not that, you know, I mean, you turn 15 and, and you know exactly what you want. I mean, I would even say that th- that that's not the stage of life where you should be able to define your needs so well because you should be open to experimentation more back then or you should be curious about things a little more back then. Uh, but but as you start to get to know yourself through these various experiences, I think Baba's point is ultimately it narrows down into a very few things. Like I, I still like going to the theater, but I don't need to go to the theater every week or every day, you know. Yeah, but if you have the option, you will. Now that's that's the difference. Like, it's like there are a lot of things which you don't need, uh, and like uh, it's not maybe towards are like you said after you get to know yourself, but you will still continue doing them just because like there is that option. I mean, if I derive some value out of it, maybe. But I I I think the bigger thing here is that by need at this stage are not defined by extrinsic factors but more driven by the value I derive from certain things and I feel like that's potentially where we can do this discrimination right there is an availability point though because I think if those things are available and the New York living in New York is a great example of this right exactly it's, it's yeah. New York City there's so many things to do and if you don't do it it's, it's honestly, it's not even going to be around in New York anymore because things things open and shut so quickly. And you may not be living here for very long either. So it's important. And it has been important to me to actually go and see a lot of those things and experience a lot of those things because I have the opportunity to do that right now. But and is, it, is it just the opportunity or is it do you know that you want to experience? So, I mean, to your point about things opening and closing really quickly or the turnover being really high, New York, it's the same for restaurants. So mm-hmm. do you go out to a lot of new restaurants before you decide whether or not you like them? Or is this something that's specific in this example to theater? So the, the need, and this we're getting into, the subje- into a subjective area here of what, what kind of needs are you talking about? Like your need can be specific. For example, listen, I really like going to the gym. So yeah. I will go to the gym 
like every day or every every three days in in a week. A need can also take the form of okay, I want to try out these new unpredictable things. So, for example, in New there was this place called Zero Space in New York, which I went to, which I honestly didn't even have. I, it looked like some cool lights, and so I just wanted to go check it out just to find out what it is. There was there was there's been museums that I've gone to, right, which have like old war relics and like everyday items from the rest of the world, which was just a hole in the wall museum. And I didn't, and I went there just because I walked past it and I said, oh. what's this interesting thing let me just pop in there and check it out and that i think is a need for trying out new things and experiencing new things yeah which is important to me yeah so i mean that comes back to what i was trying to define earlier that there are material needs and then there are there are these experiential needs maybe i don't know what what the better word might be non material needs i guess <laughs> yeah but but this new york thing is real man like i have a couple of friends there who have been there for like a couple of years and uh, they just like there's so much pressure that you have to do everything in the yeah. city otherwise you might not be living here and mm-hmm. they go out every weekend and i'm like dude you've seen a lot of it they're like no we've barely covered anything and like yeah. you're not going to finish the city like you're never yeah. going to finish the city <laughs> but that's, like that that's partly why i want to live in new york but i'm also afraid of living in new york because of that i mean i like my time to myself as well you know it's it's going to be very hard to convince myself not to maybe there is a need for experience who knows which is influenced by availability exactly yeah, yeah in munich there isn't much so i mean i'm pretty content but i mean dude like i also tend to believe that humans are at the end of the day creatures of habit so once you start developing habits for example uh, in munich right uh, i mean there are certain rooftop places that i like going to and just having a drink or some good food or whatever and just relaxing there for some time and i and i like going to the same places for this so i don't know to what degree this is what you were saying with friends that or the office that you want to uh, watch the same show again yeah. versus trying new ones i mean you know i mean i find that i have a lot of interesting work to do and i get a lot of value out of that experimenting and experiencing new things there versus more on this sphere at this stage i mean you're also right that this could be a, an evolutionary thing where if work starts to get more monotonous then i look for these thrills and experience elsewhere mm-hmm. yeah a friend of mine used to say this about uh, just just life in general that uh, think about uh, one week for every week you have a limited number of fucks to give <laughs> right so you have to choose where you spend your fucks so you might have to and in that week you might have to spend it on your work you might have to spend it on your on a relationship you might have to spend it on family you might have to spend it like on experiencing new things but every week you will only have a limited number of fucks and you have to distribute it amongst those things that's true that's a that's that's a very enlightened way of putting it i think yeah there's there's a book about it also uh same uh, one this, this is this is yeah yeah this is uh, that same guy that you know you sent me the article for mark manson mark manson yeah uh yeah i forgot the name of the book but it's something about <laughs> this this the concept is the same uh you have limited number of fucks to give so don't give a fuck for everything Yeah. Choose choose your fucks. 
choose your books. Yeah, makes sense. But anyway, uh, going back to the needs part, right? I mean, I think that pretty much covers it. What I need is a decent place to live. Uh, even in terms of food, even if I eat shawarma or something every day, like uh, <laughs> we did during our business school days, that's that's totally fine for me, you know. I mean, and then Xbox, gym, books, silavi, yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a long list. Like to me, like that's not simple. How is that a long list? Who are you? Are you that? Are you that chick on Netflix who tries to simplify people's lives by reducing their possessions and stuff? Mary Kondo, I think. Mary Kondo? Yeah. No. 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 I'm just saying that your definition of simple is surprising to me. Like a monk's a monk's life is simple, right? Like where you don't have these material possessions. A life where you have an Xbox, which, by the way, also encompasses Netflix and some other apps and a social experience, well, and you have the need to like go to the gym, and you have some other things as well. That's yeah. and, and, like and, a and a smartphone. No, I don't. I don't need a smartphone. I was about to say that. Yeah, he, he he doesn't use a smartphone. He uses a BlackBerry. He's so. a BlackBerry boy. Yeah, so he's he's not lying when he says he doesn't need a smartphone. Yeah. yeah. Now, see, that's what you need. Uh, no but i mean i don't know i mean these days i'm reading baba i followed your example of reading three books at a time but i've been finishing them slowly and steadily unlike you i don't give up my endeavors in the middle no i i haven't given up on them but i I just like reading them like log articles uh, whichever one if i'm feeling like reading something about mindset then i'll read that if i want to read something that ray dalio has written i'll read that so i just keep hopping around by the way ray dalio doesn't post a lot on linkedin i've noticed and there's not a lot of people who comment or like on it so he's maybe so amazing that he's posting stuff on instagram and there's like what 30 40 comments on it i'm like dude like that's ray dalio and and then there are these random people who have like these thousands of comments it's it's unbelievable <laughs> Uh, maybe one day he will actually respond. I mean, if I post a coherent question, maybe on on the comments, maybe he'll actually respond one of these times. Have you yeah, posted I, something yet? Nothing. I mean, I I posted. I post. He he said something about choosing your habits and being careful about what you do. And going back to Warren Buffett, there's a very there's a beautiful quote by Warren Buffett that I love, which is the chains of habit are too light to be felt until they're too heavy to be broken. And so I just I just commented on his post with that quote, um, but yeah I mean I, I don't think basically basically PJ gave yeah, no. Ray Dalio some nice advice. I mean no I I I attributed it. I didn't put it as if I'm trying to say that, but I mean you know I mean going back to Buffett here, there's it's insane. There's just so much to learn from Warren Buffett and uh, and Charlie Munger. I mean. One of the things Charlie Munger was also saying, and I was uh, I was uh, watching one of his uh, interviews at University of Michigan, where he where he started his undergrad, but he didn't finish, uh, and he also gave them 110 million dollars, I think. Um, but uh, he was saying, at the end of the day, the the poem by Rudyard Kipling called "If" is is what he uses to sort of symbolize life, and he says, you know, I mean. Uh, why do you care about greed? Why do you care about envy? Why do you care if some someone else is reporting huge profits? 
I mean, do your thing, put your head down and keep doing what you do, what you love, right? And and uh, don't care about success and failure. And I think there's a line in the poem uh, from Rudyard Kipling that uh, treat, treat these two imposters the same or something to that effect where he's talking about success and failure. And it's true. Even Winston Churchill has such a great quote, which is, uh, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. So just blows my mind. There's so much out there. And, I mean, Baba, to your point, I think I've discovered a lot more of this during the quarantine, but helps helps with all these random inquisitive thoughts that we have. Yeah, yeah. No, even I've been uh, watching a lot of Buffett videos and also I have started reading his uh, shareholder letters from 1965 he's been writing the shareholder letters um, and till till date like till date all those letters i compiled in a book so what are those what are these letters about so these are shareholder letters that he writes and he so i've uh, read maybe like five six till now uh, and uh, in in these letters he li- outlines what he's what he thinks he's done well in this year and what he's what is his outlook for the next year so you can see how he's doing his asset allocations and so, how but, he's thinking about businesses so this is uh, from a business perspective not from a personal growth perspective or, or anything no, like but, that. no uh, but it's amazing to see how simply he thinks and actually he started off Berkshire Hathaway started off as a textile company and uh, that textile company actually didn't do well and that's probably what he said is his worst investment Mm-hmm. After that, he diversified into insurance. No, that's the part I've got till right now. But <laughs> and, and then he continues on and uh, invests in other stuff. And he actually says more or less the same things. And I was watching a recent interview of his also when the stocks were crashing and everything. He was just like, like if don't think of stocks as buying stocks. Think of it as like you're buying a piece of a business. So do you want to buy a piece of this business irrespective of whether there are crashes or booms? Like, yeah. Do you want to own a part of this business? Just think logically about it like that. Don't think like you're buying this stock. Like what is a stock? It's essentially like a part of a business. So think about whether you want to be in that business versus yeah. thinking about like I'm going to buy this stock because it's going up or it's down or it's so much percent down. Even if it's like 50% down, is it really a good business for the future? That's also because he's a value investor, right? Which means that he is always looking at the long-term perspective. A yeah. lot a lot of traders and hedge funds who are looking at shorter term fluctuations and looking to make money off of those who would who would also still study the fundamentals, but they would study beyond the fundamentals, the sentiment, of the public and of the markets and how that could make them money yeah and but that's what he doesn't do like he's he's more on yeah i think charlie munger uses the analogy of swimming sometimes with the tide sometimes against the tide but if you keep swimming and towards something that that has value then then you get there you know i mean it doesn't matter how many tides come and go if you have a long-term outlook doesn't matter i also read somewhere that we like it's it's important to understand the power of compounding when you look at Warren Buffett's wealth a huge portion like more than 80 to 90 percent of his wealth has, has probably come in the last 10 to 10 years of his career compared to the first 50. Yeah this compounding uh, yeah I was also reading about this and uh, essentially the idea is that uh, towards the end you uh, it just becomes exponential 
Mm-hmm. And uh, although like I I knew it in concept, I actually did the math and then uh, yeah, it, like that's literally how it works. So it's just that you keep okay. saving and make sure you save over time. And he's been compounding at like twenty percent a year. So the point is, like, the point is, you start with some sum of money and then you invest it. You make some money in year one and then you keep reinvesting that, right? And so you keep. the the percentage of money you make you keep making that on a bigger sum of money and oh there there we go i just googled this as well it says that he bought his first stock when he was 11 years old but yeah. he's earned 99% of his wealth since his 50th birthday yeah so there is still hope for me i bought my first stock when i was 15 also <laughs> also dude like there is not too much information about this out there so and i'm not completely sure if this is accurate but uh I uh, and again I don't remember the sources for this but there was something about Buffett being involved with uh, a lot of those uh, uh, what were those junk bonds during the 2008 crisis CMBS mortgage backed securities Yeah 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 so he was involved in a lot of those and he made a lot of money on those also some Those are not exactly junk bonds but okay <laughs> The those mortgage uh, those yeah they're not junk bonds but they're uh, junk I mean they became junk Uh, mortgage backed securities are basically debt on real estate or commercial real estate that's then securitized and sold off and as kind of like shares i guess I mean, yeah they basically took like a lot of bad loans and then they mixed it up and then they said yeah. like made another loan out of it and they sold that thing like this i mean, i i love i loved how it's described in that movie the big short i don't know if you guys have seen it beautifully yeah. done and i mean it kind of inspired me to also start you know analyzing things on my own because at the end of the day who's to say who's right and wrong about the market until you see numbers to yourself and i mean i would even go further and say that's true for a lot of things in life right like there is a certain bias that we ascribe towards certain sources or whatever that we tend to listen to and then just blindly follow that rather than just thinking about certain things and going down to fundamentals which is why you need to expand your horizons between beyond the things that you think you know and need so I, that I you can said, uh, so that you can that. so that you can get a good assessment of what biases the sources that you ascribe to actually come with and then you can f- adjust your opinion based on that yeah but i mean just because i need a certain number of things doesn't aff- i mean it do- i'm not trying to say that everyone should have certain number of things that they need but on the knowledge side i never said that there is a certain number of things that you need to know that i would never say i mean those pieces of knowledge facts tend to evolve right i mean there was a time when we used to believe in physics at least that there's an ether that surrounds us and then einstein came about with this theory of rel- relativity which destroyed ether so i mean i'm sure there'll be newer things that, and and theories that keep coming about the world in general about how things work even if you look at economics for example so far people thought you know having high levels of debt is not good uh, that i think that's traditional keynesian and even neoclassical economics but now there's a modern monetary theory which says keep printing money keep sustaining your debt and there's no practical proof that says that this works or not but you know there's there's papers about it that seem to suggest that it might work so i mean i completely agree with you that there's no limit to knowing which i think is one of the bedrocks of uh, charlie munger and warren buffett but there is a limit to knowing 
there there humans have cognitive limits to knowing and there's so much information now in the world that you do need to curate and prioritize what you read and what conclusions you can draw from it so i think that this is it's it's flawed of course the knowledge is boundless but human capacity to absorb knowledge is not yeah so i mean don't limit yourself artificially right if there's a fundamental limit that exists because we are humans then so be it but mm-hmm. if if i were to say there's a, there's only certain knowledge that i aspire to and that's all i want and i don't want any further knowledge beyond it then then what's the point i mean to me living is learning right every day you live you learn something yeah. elon solved this by the way <laughs> I, i'm not even joking so his theory is that uh, ai is going to evolve faster than us and then like they're going to start developing their own language what is going to be uh, artificial intelligence ai is going to evolve really fast and they're going to have their own language and then they'll start making stuff and they wouldn't want to talk to us just as like we don't want to explain something to a monkey they wouldn't want to explain something to us because it's a waste of time we won't be able to understand anyways so if you can't beat them you have to join them and uh, then uh, uh, yeah and so if you if you can't beat them join them so uh, he's making this thing where you can hook your brain up to the internet and then you basically have access to unlimited knowledge and neuralink part of the 